Pubcast. On the tantrums and meltdown side, most of my kiddos are going to be between like five and ten. Um, there's two big things that we hit out here. One is planned and one isn't, but happens to work out. So the first one is let's work on that skill itself. How do we advocate for our needs? How do we make sure that we have all of our background needs taken care of before we attempt to um, hold our child to a standard? You know, fantastic to have standards. Welcome to the Liberated Healer podcast, where we touch on a variety of topics in the world of spirituality, energetic healing, and everything in between and beyond. Take an adventure on a shooting star with your hosts, Gina and Linnea, offering their wisdom, guidance, and everlasting love and support. Hi, everybody. This is Gina Cavalier. This is a Liberated Healer podcast, and we have Kelly Siphon on. She um, is with Clove Hitch Behavior, and we're going to give uh, let her give you a little introduction about what she does and who she is and why she's here. <laughs> Hello, Kelly. Hi, so glad to be here, Gina. Thank you so much. Oh, yes. Thank you. So I own Clove Hitch Behavior. It's I'm a behavior analyst, and I focus in on in the farm setting. How do we help people align their behaviors with their values, specifically kids? Which I know is a pretty big conversation for mm. children, but when we're talking about tantrums and meltdowns, when we're talking about big fears and phobias, or behaviors that are resulting from trauma, getting into that space, having that place to ground and having that values first mentality for creating goals and helping people reach them has been really incredible. Beautiful. And you said the word farm. So that kind of was like, what do you mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We have um, about 30 acres total. Um, there's everywhere between about 50 and 120 animals, depending on the time of year, um, multiple trails, forested areas. We have this amazing tree that's been struck by lightning at least three times, um, because it was struck before we moved here and it's been struck twice since. So just some really neat little spots. Like there's a spot with all these ferns and then you've got these beautiful pastures that change season to season. It's a really, really neat spot for when it's the right fit for the right person to be able to just take a deep breath and feel at ease so we can work through some really tough stuff. Okay. So, and where is it located? What state? Mm -hmm. We're in Franklinton, North Carolina. Okay. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. My co-author is in North Carolina and Carrie. So, um, yeah, I was there Monday. She's a therapist. Her name is Dr. Amelia Kelly. And I'd love to. Uh, let her know about you guys because she, yeah. is, um, we both co-authored a book about healing suicidal ideation. So we are um, absolutely involved in this whole um, kind of healing space as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I love animals so much. It was definitely a big healing for me when I was a child. So you yeah. also mentioned children. So do you have um, families that come up for a day or a weekend or, you know, how does that, or, or just, you know, what, what's the age range and how does it work? Yeah. So what I do at this point is I do two hour sessions, usually once a week, and we're going to go for usually about three months. So we're focusing in on specific goals that we have as a family, um, and working in on those during that time and extending it back to home. So it's my youngest that I've brought in on the farm. Usually it's going to be about kindergarten age. 
Because at that point, we've got some rule governed behavior generally, which means I can set a rule like, hey, that's a really deep pond. <laughs> I need to make sure that you don't fall in it. And we understand what that means. Um, our little bitties may not understand that. So we get to like, hey, that's a goat with horns. It might poke your eyes. We have those those basic understandings of um, behavior and consequence. We're just in a safer spot on a farm. So usually it's going to be about kindergarten and my oldest is going to be 17 usually. Um, it can look a bunch of different ways depending on why what other things they have going on, what values they have, what goals they have. Um, but it's it's really cool when it is the right fit how much you can get done in this setting. So you said it's two hours and it's something where sometimes it might be if it's an older child, say 17, where they come, and the parents wait for them or something like that. Or sometimes they might be included in the session as well. And Absolutely. So you whatever is needed at that time. I love yeah. that you're having it in this just super beautiful, calming setting, because when people go to off to rehab, they're always in nature locations. Yes. <laughs> for a reason. Right. Yep. So people can unplug get back into nature. And like you said, the word grounding earlier, you know, your body, when you're away from all the cement and all the buildings and all the noise, you can mm -hmm. ground and get more centered. Um, so that's wonderful. So um, can you give us a little bit about what kind of behavioral therapy um, that you work with or the analysis or something that you're seeing a lot of or any points that someone who might be struggling with this, uh, with that kind of um, real behavioral issues, you know, Sure. Absolutely. So on the, on the tantrums and meltdown side, most of my kiddos are going to be between like five and 10. Um, there's two big things that we hit out here. One is planned and one isn't, but happens to work out. So the first one is let's work on that skill itself. How do we advocate for our needs? How do we make sure that we have all of our background needs taken care of before we attempt to, um, hold our child to a standard, you know, fantastic to have standards and, if they're constipated, you know, they may not be able to hit that standard today. Let's take care of the medical stuff first and go from there. Um, so it's a lot of, hey, let's do a screener and see if a different service is needed before you come see me. Let's mm -hmm. do an assessment, see what skills we may be missing, how those relate to what you're already, say, doing in your IEP. Get a little more support there. Take this data forward and go, hey, no, we really need to push this. And then see where we can take care of things behaviorally. Or um, we need to have, say, a, um, a psychologist on the team or a social worker on the team. Let's let's create a, a team of support rather than just trying to hit it behaviorally. So that's what it will often look like for the tantrums meltdowns. When we get into the fears and phobias, it's a lot of let's figure out if exposure is something that you're open to. Let's figure out if we want to go through and, and work deeper into the what is anxiety for me, the acceptance and commitment training sort of side of things, a bunch of different directions we can go with that. Um, and that's often going to be between about ages 7 and 17, I've found, for just the referrals that I've gotten. Um, and then for that, for that last group, the trauma group, that's going to be a lot of referrals over um, if you've got a kiddo that's been through something and they suddenly lost their potty training. You're going, what? Mm -hmm. What happened here? Or um, everything was great, but then, you know, they stopped talking, whether they're a teen and they're not communicating with you anymore, or they're a little bitty kiddo and they just lost their, their sentences and gone back to one more statements. 
Um, or let's say they're having night terrors all of a sudden. Um, and you go, this is, you know, something has occurred in our life. There's a behavioral aspect of that. How can we work through that behavior? So a lot of what that looks like is, yes, this is a totally, totally valid experience you had. And in the long run, it is a valid experience and our behaviors are choices. How do we hold both of those? How do we hold that we can be angry and scared and have these really big, scary feelings and our behavior is a choice, not but, and. So it's a lot of working into those pieces. And, and that's really across the board between those those three pillars. So people usually will call me when, when they don't know what else to do around a behavior. And I do my best to help. Oh, it's just... I want to commend you. This is such an area that if you can capture this at this age, that you can, you know, help, you know, potentially give them a better life moving into the future. Absolutely. Um, you know, just being listened and heard and having a plan and, and being in a safe environment where uh, whatever it is that they need to share um, the behavioral issues. And obviously that's your area, but almost everything, if, if it's out of context and abnormal has to have some type of root cause up. I assume, right? Absolutely. So you break it down to what is that root cause? Are they, do they have some kind of illness that they can't communicate? You know, like you said, the word constipation. I mean, can you imagine if you can't really even understand why that, you know, and maybe, you know, you're not getting to the doctor um, or, you know, you have like childhood illnesses that aren't being addressed. Um, All kinds of things can lead to behavioral issues. Um, I had severe night terrors when I was a kid too. And you know, they were just looked at like, <laughs> oh, well, you know, you have some yeah. weird stuff going on in your mind. <laughs> you're, you're such a creative thinker. You're so imaginative. You hear all these things. It's like, oh, no, that's that's a friend having a really tough time. Yeah. Oh, and because, that. and with me, um, because sleep is such a, a crucial part of our ability to um, navigate through any type of chaos or conflict in our life. And if we're not getting any sleep and sleep was interrupting my life a lot. And I noticed that that Mm -hmm. was the one when I really broke it down in my healing, that one of the big things was sleep um, and not being able to sleep. So I'm sure you kind of dive into that a little bit too. Like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. One of my screeners is a a sleep assessment. Um, I've got a gal for, for my toddlers. There's a gal in Canada that I make referrals to. She's phenomenal. It's all virtual and she's skilled enough where I'm like very, very comfortable making this referral for just about anybody. Um, it's sleep and um, minerals. A lot of like, hey, talk to your pediatrician. If they agree that magnesium might be something to try, it's just an idea for me. This is not a prescription. This is not a recommendation because I can't make those recommendations through my certification. Check with your pediatrician on iron, on magnesium, on zinc, you know, get those things figured out, um, especially for having sleep troubles, headaches, constipation, which is such a such a big one these days. Really? Um, then, you know, we can we can, quote unquote, fix a lot of behavior <gasps> just by exploring yeah. pieces. And it can be really, really cool. Sorry, my doggy <sighs> is having a little. Oh. Maybe, um, he has um, he had mold exposure and he. I'm he dealing has, with that right now. Yeah, he so hasn't fun. really. No, he hasn't really recovered from it fully. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's been kind of a nightmare, okay? Yeah, um, I mean, it gets better. It just yeah, okay. 
So um, why don't you give us a little bit of some information for parents right now who might be, could use a little, or might be in the midst of a meltdown or having consistent meltdowns. Can you give us any kind of bullet points that yeah, advice? Absolutely. So from my piece, often what I'll start with is an assessment. And, and if we're doing that just, just in the moment, we want to know what is that trigger? Okay. We might know that. Uh, you cut the banana wrong. How dare you? You know, mm-hmm. you were last time you were supposed to cut it in half. This time you started peeling it. How dare you? We have a meltdown. Okay. So we have that piece. Mm-hmm. We have the behavior itself, which is the meltdown. And then afterwards in behavior analysis, we call it the consequence. It just means what happens after that does have a connotation in, you know, our general language, but it just means what happens after. Looking at what's happening after, we got to consider that that's all of the environment. And you know what's the environment outside of that tantrum? Me. Um, So the only thing, I can't control that trigger. It's already occurred. I can't control that behavior and why would I want to in the end? Because I don't want a kid that's going, someone else control me, please. I don't know how to control myself. But I can control what I do. Mm -hmm. So if we, in that moment, take more time to focus on how do I want to react to this and less time focused on how do I get this to stop, which I say it like it's super easy. Like, come on, guys, just focus on the other thing when you've got screaming directly here in your ear. Um, but that can mean, hey, I'm going to get myself some some loop or some other earplugs because I know if I get auditorially overstimulated, I'm going to become auditorially <laughs> very unkind or loud. Yeah, you know, looking looking at our own reactions as what we can control so that we can have places where we can learn other skills. Now, that's the other thing. Middle of a meltdown, nobody's learning anything. I don't learn anything in the middle of a meltdown. I feel terrible about it. Everybody has them sometimes. So don't try to teach in that moment. You may want to teach a lesson right then. Now's not the time. Survive the moment. Let's get ourselves back down. Let's get to okay. a place where we're calm and regulated again. Then we can learn. Then we can teach. So when things are calm, teach a different skill. Okay. Um, I want a banana. Don't peel. Or I want a banana. Whole banana. I want a banana. Cut. Where we're at with our language. Maybe we go, hey, my kiddo doesn't have that language. Great. What are the different ways they might want a banana? Let's have some pictures ready so that when they say banana, you give them these pictures and they go this way. Okay. Let's get that communication taught on the front end so that we can get ahead of the um, tantrum next time or meltdown in that case. Again, recognizing that kids are kids and sometimes they'll say, I want to cut in half. You give it to them, cut in half. And they go, never mind. You know, I wanted it a different way. And in those moments, we can we can almost we can almost take a moment to enjoy it sometimes. I'm like, wow. How cool is it that in your two, three years of living, this is the biggest thing you've ever run into? Yeah. You know, like you're reacting this big because for you, this is one of the worst things that's ever happened in your life. And how glorious is it that it's a banana? And I'm so excited for you for that, you know, and taking that moment to go, wow, someday you'll have to think about wars and you'll have to think about politics and you'll have to think about money. But in this moment, it's a banana. (laughs) That's pretty cool. And sometimes taking that little bit of perspective and going, this is the hardest thing they've ever experienced. Wow, I'm a really good parent in this moment. 
I, I, yeah, I like that idea for almost anything in life that while the, the trigger or the meltdown is happening, it is not a teachable moment. I mean, that can hap hap help even, you know, animal parents or, you know, and I just, you know, can recognize that now, at, you know, even in a fight between people, it's like, we're too emotional, we're too triggered, let's yes. walk away, come back. And then you can have, because otherwise it just goes through the roof. It's exactly that same behavior. Yeah. Yeah. I heard a great um, metaphor for it. Strike when the iron is cold. <laughs> You're going to do a lot of shaping when it's hot, but it's going to be a mess. Just wait till it's cold. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So um, what kinds of behaviors um, can result from trauma? So there's a lot of different things that can result. So I mentioned um, we can lose potty training. We can lose speech. Um, we might, Our fawn response may go through the roof where we're suddenly trying to people please like crazy because if I just keep everybody happy, then nothing bad will happen. There is, um, you know, we've got suicidal ideation and um, self-injurious behaviors that can occur. We've got uh, reenactments can be a really tough one for my sexual abuse cases. If we're going to go into, say, a school setting or a team setting where we're going to be around other kiddos, it can be a big concern for families. Is my kiddo going to engage in, in reenacting? Um, and how do we how do we work through that safely without shaming them and while keeping everybody and themselves safe? Um, some other big things that I'll see are just general shutdown and in the psych world, it might be like amadonia or, um, not wanting, not wanting to interact with anybody or not feeling any joy, just sort of going blah across the board. And in, in those cases, it's a lot of, you know, we just use the farm as the context to, to find joy again. And that's, oh, wow. that's a great goal, you know, Hey, there's a hundred ducks here that would all like to eat corn from you. <laughs> and they're better. <laughs> yeah, it's just oh. it's just let's reconnect with life. And what does that mean to you? And what behaviors again align with your values? Oh, okay. You want to be really happy in life and you're stuck in this place where you're not feeling any joy. And sometimes when you feel joy, it's scary because then somebody could take it away, you know. Especially so when you're dealing we... with a, a really intense trauma like a sexual abuse case. Yeah. Um mm -hmm. Then you want to throw them, you want to get them better and you throw them into therapy and then they're sitting in this cold room with someone they don't know. And, yeah. you know, it's, there's not a lot of alternatives, you know? So I, I, I see that you've created an alternative that is, um, I, it just, I, anyways, your energy is very calming and, um, <laughs> I just like the way you speak. I can imagine how, um, pleasant you know, a child must feel around you and safe and safety in all beings is like, it's such a big word is safety in your relationship, safety Absolutely. with your family members. Um, and I'm sure you teach that as well. Uh, do you feel safe here? Do you feel safe in that environment? If not, are you going to tell, how do you communicate that to somebody? And, yeah. um, you carry all those things to your adulthood and for the rest of your life oh, and yeah. dealing it with it when you're young gives them so much of a better opportunity for a more fulfilled future. Mm -hmm. um, chaos and conflict never goes away for any of us. I don't, yeah. I know, you know, sometimes you look up at people maybe that are richer or famous or all this, every single person yeah. goes through chaos and conflict. And it's a skill that if you learn how to master it, uh, even through 
you know, Trump traumatic past, you can get through it. And there's, I'm sure you teach different meditations and all kinds of things. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I heard a great statement recently that, that pain is inevitable, but suffering is choice. Like mm -hmm. tough stuff is going to come. The next step is on us and we can wallow in it. That's, that's one choice. It can feel like there's no other choice. Absolutely. You can be stuck there for quite a while. And that's okay. Sometimes that's a step in your healing. But it is a choice in the end, and we will find some other options. And you'll get to choose which one you want. I think, too, it's really important when we're talking about safety to go, what does safety actually feel like? So if I've got a kiddo, let's say, that's been through um, foster care since birth, for example. Have we ever felt safety? Maybe, maybe not. Okay. What does safety feel like in our body? Let's get into kind of the somatics of it. What would safety feel like? What does safety taste like? What does safety look like? You know, let's get into those strange metaphors. You know, safety is a unicorn on a cloud. Fantastic. What's that feel like? <laughs> that we can return to that feeling. And also big on that too, what does a heck yes and a heck no feel like in your body? So when we're talking consent, you know what a true yes is. You know what a true no is. And when you're in that like, uh, I feel like I should say yes or oh, I feel like I should say no, you can check in with your body. And it'll, it'll usually tell you, like, you're supposed to be saying no. What are you doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because that's the internal conflict that they have. They don't know how to, de you know, delineate from, especially if they have a trauma background. Yeah. Um, so giving them permission to, um, I wish I had a little bit more of that when I was younger. Someone just mm -hmm. saying, you know, I think also when you have trauma, you kind of go outside your body. Yes. And um, you feel disconnected and then everything just feels just like manic around you because you, you know, you just, it feels like you're in a whirlwind and you're, and you're responding and you don't know how to deal with the one little thing, like yeah. answer the one little question. It just seems like a big ball and the big ball is overwhelming. Absolutely. Sometimes we'll talk about a metaphor of like, Hey, this is your thinky part of your brain. Yeah. This is your lizard part. And it's really important. It keeps you breathing. It keeps your heart beating and all that. But if it's trying to do all of the work, if it's not letting your thinky part take over, then you're just going to feel big feelings and have big reactions. So what is that? Like, you know, is it is it a gecko? Is it a Komodo dragon? Is it a chameleon? Like, let's let's give it a look. And then when we get into that, like, dissociative, I I don't feel like I'm real. This all feels weird. I'm disconnected from everybody. That can go like, hey, I think I see a gecko and I'd like to talk to my friend again. Now, let's, yes. let's just work through that. And having that little image through can be really cool, especially since we've got like skinks and different things on the farms. So we can go, oh, look, there's a lizard. Remember we talked about the lizard stuff? When we connect those images through, we can just ground with those little statements, which is so neat for me able to go, I've lost you for 30 minutes because you're really stuck in that place of protection to that little like click. Oh, we can re-engage up front again. We got we got words again. We're rocking and rolling. Wow. You have really great words for kids. Heck yes. Heck yeah. no. Yeah. You know, it's like this, I, you know, yeah. It's uh, positive and it's, you know, clear mm -hmm. um, and um, safe and easy. I, I really like it. Um, so is there, do you only take people that come to your facility or do you also do zoom information or is it just in person? I do a little bit of zoom. I really love in person, especially yeah. being out on the farm. So there's, there's a lot of providers that do zoom. 
Yeah. So I, I will usually make a referral out. I've had a number of kids who started with me and then say move to another area that I'll work on Zoom or um, when I was working in the office setting and then moved to the farm and the farm just wasn't a good fit for them, but Zoom did work for them. I kept them in Zoom. I'm not going to be taking a lot of clients on that way just because it's not the way I work. Yeah. You know? I want to have all screens off. I want to have no batteries unless it's like a flashlight. I want to have that complete, huh, shake it all off. Here's a different way to to go in the world. Excuse well, me. And you physically can't have that with Zoom. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So um, your clove hitch behaviors, uh, working with parents, working with kids. Um, yes. East around mm-hmm. our farm um, to help people um, break down uh, emotional traumas, um, meltdowns, and mm-hmm. helping this age range, which is really difficult, and giving specific guidance for families that might really need something, some help. So I commend you for it. Thank you. And do you have anything you'd like to leave us with today? And where can people find you? Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to when I have parents out on the farm, it's very interesting because either we're involved in session or they realize like there's three hammocks here and a swing and a chair in the orchard. I'm going to use this time to just go sit in the hammock. And once they're comfortable doing that, that grounding completely changes the way that they are parenting after that because they've taken that time for themselves while their child is taking time for them. So what I'd leave you with is see if you can prioritize that. I know self-care, prioritize self-care. Again, so easy. But if you know that your child's going to an appointment and you can plan to be somewhere where you're outside and just taking a minute to be in the breeze. Yes. I, I can tell you <laughs> the data's coming back strong. Take advantage of that where you can. And for me, that sounds like if you know you're going to have this appointment, you don't bring your laptop and sit, going to go work in the corner. Just you have two hours. Maybe you could unplug and do some grounding as well. And, mm-hmm. and because your energy affects people in your lives energy, you know, maybe yes. it will be benefit for both of you. So I love that. Absolutely. So um, Kelly, it's so nice to meet you today. Thank you for the work you're doing. It's clove hitch behavior mm-hmm. all the way in beautiful North Carolina. Nice to have you. And thank you so much. Thank you, Gina. Bye everybody. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find us online at theliberatedhealer.com on Instagram at Liberated Healer Podcast, or on Facebook at The Liberated Healer. Give us a follow, subscribe, send us a message if you so feel, and thank you for your support. Podcast.